This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Welcome to another episode of Vocal Perspective. We are so thrilled to have with us today Lachi, who her original acapella creds include the founding of UNC Cadence. She was part of Mezzo, and she also won an independent music award for some of her work. She's also a advocate for people with visual impairment and disabilities. She has millions of views on Spotify, and she's also been recently in the New York Times, and she has a new project coming up that we'll be talking about shortly. But first, let me just say welcome. Welcome to Lachi. How are you? Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. Very, very long time coming. Oh, we're so excited. <laughs> so I wonder if you can start off. We always start in the same place, which is how acapella became part of your awareness and, and you got into this, this sphere. You know, it's really interesting. When I was in high school, I was in some, I think we were in the madrigals or whatever. And our teacher, mm-hmm. he was only like 25. He was barely older than us. Uh, <laughs> we were 18. Some of us were much older than we should have been in high school. But anyway, you know, I don't know why he randomly came up to me just after class. And he said, you know, you're really great with harmonies. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Who cares? It's high school. I don't care. He handed me a CD and he's like, oh, this little group that I'm in, we do acapella songs. You should check it out and see if that's something you're into. He was actually in the founding or or the founding or maybe two or three years in of the Spartones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From UNC Greensboro. Yep. Yes. Yep. So they were the first group I'd ever really heard other than just general things like Bobby McFerrin or whatever that mm-hmm. I had really heard as a collegiate acapella. And I was completely 100% obsessed right from the first track <laughs> all the way to the end. I would just play it constantly to the point where I got all my brothers and sisters interested. <laughs> Everybody was into it. And then, you know, it kind of died when I went to college. I just kind of got over it and moved on. And then just an opportunity came up where a a friend of mine was like, I want to start a group on campus. I don't care what it is. And I was like, well, hey, we both like to sing. And it was kind of all she wrote. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So in that time, you know, you Mm -hmm. participated in collegiate level acapella, but you also went into post-collegiate acapella as you, after you left school. And so it continued on for you. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So basically acapella, I mean, the two of you should know, once you're kind of in, it's over. That's your life. Yeah. It never goes away. And as a founder, especially like as a collegiate founder, it's just your whole, it's everything. It's your morning to night. So that's all I did. And once you graduate, you know, and it's gone, it's like your arm, you know, your third arm is sort of cut off. (laughs) And so, you know, I loved the organization of it. I mean, I was the arranger. I was the business person. I was like the everything, you know, how you have that one member that just kind of does everything, (laughs) doesn't really mind it. I, so I was pretty much doing everything and I, I loved the business aspect. I loved everything. And so After, you know, I moved to New York and, you know, New York, there's a zillion people here, but everybody's kind of lonely. So I was like, let me, let me start something here. And there was a few iterations and just comings and goings of of me trying to get something happening. And then eventually I did start a group called, we called it Femme Rhythm. Okay. Uh, Yeah. It sounded like sort of a menstruation type of thing. You guys can (laughs) add that. So, but it was cool because I, we ended up meeting a bunch of really cool people that are actually still in the group now, but we consider all of ourselves the founder of Mezzo. I consider myself, I guess, the founder of Femme Rhythm, but 
since that died and we all came together to make Mezzo, we it just evolved into into Mezzo. Right. There, that's that that's that <laughs> sentence. So yeah. So what drew you to all female identified acapella? What is it that makes that especially magic for you? So two reasons. For one, in college, when I first started, Cadence is all female as well. And mm-hmm. when I started my sort of acapella creation career, I did start with a co-ed group. So mm-hmm. I started and I founded a co-ed group. We were called Funkapella. Don't look it up. It's horrible. And no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Funkapella. <laughs> that died. And part of the reason it died was there was just too much college drama. Mm-hmm. Right. For number mm-hmm. one, everybody was, you know, the old dating each other. Just, sleeping with everybody and it was too much and we were all just one big cesspool of not really that good at acapella and what ended up happening was the girls we were all like best friends all the girls so we were just like we would always hang out at each other's houses and rooms and dorms and just sing together and we were like why don't we just do this so (laughs) bye bye boys no one was very sad maybe they were we don't know and (laughs) but anyway the point is is that I then fell so in love because just that deeper tone Mm -hmm. of the female voice like I love the range of going deep like low with yeah. female voices mm. because it's every no one really expects it we always expect oh males can go super low and and super high so I always loved focusing on tenor female female tenors female altos and stuff like that and really getting that low end and it just felt like so there's just some strength in that I was very excited about that so I just stuck to it wow you've branched out so much since that time so I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about your post-mezzo journey and sort of where you've been up until now yeah I mean so while I was generally while I was with mezzo I believe I don't really know the timeline of I should have written it all down in some sort of google calendar but anyway (laughs) at that time I believe I was still at my day job working as a person behind a desk, you know, doing stuff like that. Uh, I was working for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So it wasn't like a boring job, but it was still behind a desk. And I was with Mezzo, which was great because everybody in Mezzo, generally professional acapella, you also have a day job kind of thing. And I ended up like a combination of quitting my job and leaving Mezzo at the same time to be like, all right, I am going to focus on figuring out how to just do music full time. And just because I'm, I know I have a skill in songwriting. So I was like, I want to figure out how to make money as a songwriter. And I can't do that if I'm so comfortable here at my job. Yeah, um, right. I, yep. I just had to take that leap and just say and forfeit that beautiful healthcare and PTO days. I forfeited it all. But then my, I was working like seven to seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then the only time I wasn't working was all about mezzo. So I ended up quitting just both at the same time. And, and, you know, and here I am now, I mean, I just started out kind of slow putting some songs together, getting together with a few producers and DJs and just collaborating. And then right around that time, and I had actually been signed while I was working at the Army Corps. Hmm, okay. And so I was touring and working. And, and trying to hold down the job. And hold yeah. down a job. And then, you know, Mezzo was added to that later. And it was just like too much. So because of all of that, I, I did have a lot of experience. So I was able to walk into some management offices, like music management and stuff like that, showed them my demo, said, hey, come on, man. And they were actually, you know, a lot of people were receptive. And then I ended up signing with this really amazing management company called Big Management, signed to Gary Salzman, 
who was just a crazy, awesome manager. He never really understood or got my obsession with acapella uh, because <laughs> it was like I would always show him, you know, my song demos and he'd be excited. And then I'd show him like my acapella stuff like, hey, man, what about this? This would be so cool. Like a random acapella version of it. And he'd be like, yeah, OK. Um, <laughs> he'd be really nice about it. He'd never say like, no, I don't understand this. Go away. But it just didn't really have a place in mainstream music. But so I had to. And so there I am still making sort of Lachi by herself acapella songs. <laughs> no, but they're great. And, you know, we play them on the station. So people should look out for those. We have a couple of your tracks that play. <laughs> so you, you kind of mentioned to us before we started about For Your Consideration. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that initiative. Well, honestly, I don't actually know how much we can talk specifically about it. But basically what's going on is I am a Grammy voting member. And so uh -huh. all Vam Grammy voting members can submit songs or submit themselves and try to see if they can get a nomination. Yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty convoluted process, but the general gist of it is is you submit, you hope that people vote for you and then you the top five people that are voted for are what you end up actually seeing on tv or whatever the interesting thing is they only play the really important sort of you know album of the year pop star of the year categories on the actual broadcast right, right. but there are there are tons i mean tons 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 of things like you know best producer best stuff that you wouldn't think, you know, like spoken word album or right, whatever. Right, right. And a lot of these craft categories you don't actually get to see. And one of them is arrangement. And the interesting thing about arrangement is that it can either be an instrumental arrangement or an acapella arrangement. So it's an interesting category because two very different like song types are in it. Right. And I think the only ones, the only people I know have been nominated from the acapella community before are Take Six and Pentatonics, perhaps. Now, they were, I don't know if they were actually nominated for their performance, not for arrangement. Oh, okay. Um, and then I believe, and then if you actually sit there and look through the history of everybody that's actually one arrangement, I don't know so much about nomination, but for everyone who's one arrangement has always been male. Majority Caucasian male, there's like a sprinkling of Quincy Jones, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they've always been male. And I was like, you know what, let me just give this a shot. Now's the time. And I'm really proud of my arrangement of Genius by LSD. And I mixed it up with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. So I was like, mm -hmm. you know what, this is a very, it's one of my better more uh, mature arrangements. And huh. so I thought, let me go ahead and give this a stab. Nice. That's awesome. We we know there are plenty of Grammy voters out there in the acapella world. So good. Yeah, it would be an amazing situation just to get a Grammy or whatever, or even a nomination. But the reason I'm excited about it really is just I was really kind of taken aback when I looked at the history and saw that it was all male. And it's like, I'm pretty sure women arrange as well, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, there are many Completely. of us out there. So well, we sort of teased at the top that you have a new release that's coming out. Yes, I, yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? So that new release is this genius song. But so the song that we've got sort of floating around, it's just genius, which is performed by Mezzo. That's what I arranged. So it was genius performed by Mezzo, the song by, you know, Sia and Labyrinth and, and Diplo. But what we actually have coming out is a remix of that song. So the original song has an 
I guess, original remix featuring Lil Wayne. Nice. And so the remix we put together is featuring myself as Lil Wayne. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's Mezzo featuring Lachi, the genius remix. And I had a lot of fun rapping. I, so <laughs> I had a lot of fun rapping and they really enjoyed it. I mean, the Mezzo girls are all, I mean, you know, they're, they're my home girls. So we had a lot of fun putting this together. It's coming out September 14. Okay. Ah, September 15. Sorry. It's coming out September 15 and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, we're also putting a, a music video together for it it's going to be ridiculous i can't wait that's awesome <laughs> yes yes and then Ooh. you also mentioned you were recently in the new york times tell us a little bit about it oh yeah well so i identify as a person with a disability mm -hmm. and just uh, about not that long ago, maybe about a month ago, was the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So the New York Times did a whole blitz about a bunch of different people who identify with disabilities. And one of the articles was pretty much naming a bunch of artists to, to know, musicians to know, comedians to know, and I think like dancers to know or whatever. Nice. And uh, I was listed as one of the musicians to know. That's awesome. So like honored to be, you know, beside some names that are pretty high up there when it comes to the disability community. I was very happy to be listed beside them, excited to see myself in the paper, especially since I'm from New York and I read that paper every day. And so it, it was definitely a surreal experience and has brought a lot of visibility to my situation and my journey. That's, That's awesome. great. So can we talk a little bit more about the advocacy that you do? Yes. Please. What I do is one of the issues that I have is that one in four people have a disability. That's 61 million Americans. And if you watch TV, listen to the radio, check out something on an online platform, you just don't see it. You just right. don't see that number. And according to statistics done by a company called Respectability, about 2% of media focuses on a person with a disability. And even less than that are POCs or LGBTQ. And sadly enough, even less are played authentically. Oh, gosh. Right. So it's, I know. It's, I love how you're over there going, oh, <laughs> it's oh like, no. No, but oh, it feels so, it's so dismay. Well, no, like, it's such like, a dismay, right? Of yeah, you watch you watch you know sitcoms and they cast someone in a wheelchair or someone with a disability and that person doesn't actually have the disability in real life they are acting and that's you know there are it's there are entertainers that can there do that. are entertainers that can do that in the interesting thing and you know it's so disappointing to not know until you see them stand up yeah <laughs> you know and you go oh and so for me i have so many friends that are actors that are models that are just not getting these parts and they're good and so i am advocating for that just trying to bring more awareness and more visibility to that my focus is a little more on music because i do music right um but the conversation is for music entertainment hollywood just the entire spectrum of entertainment and that industry yeah on september i don't know when this is airing so i don't know if this is going to have been, happened yet but there is a community called women in music okay. and i will be speaking uh on disability and its inclusion when it comes to music 
um, mm -hmm. on a panel with women in music. So I'm very excited. I'll be moderating that. So tune into that. It should be a lot of fun. Really amazing musicians will be a part of that conversation. Galen is a big name. She's an NPR Tiny Desk winner. She's going to be uh -huh. a part of that. And uh, what's Yvette Shivers? She is a blind DJ. Really great. She's connected with everyone. She's going to be a part of that and a few other really awesome names. So definitely check that out. That's awesome. really great. Yeah. So in the acapella community right now, there is a huge push for inclusion. And most of that has to do with socioeconomics and race and trying to get acapella from being, you know, upper middle class white. But with your work, do you have any words of wisdom, any advice to give to acapella groups that want to be more accessible to people with disabilities? Ah, interesting. Well, to your initial point of just social economic, one of the ways that I'm actually trying to combat that, I guess, mm -hmm. is that a lot of my solo acapella songs that I am sort of putting together and putting out really do focus on sort of contemporary trap and contemporary hip hop, because I just don't hear enough of that in the acapella community. I wish there was more. <laughs> yeah, because even when I do hear more sort of urban centric, for lack of a better term, music, it still comes off very, you white. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll say it. White. <laughs> you know, not just done by white people, but done in mm -hmm. a way that doesn't feel like they're authentically connecting with the music. Yeah. Right. It, well, it's it's arranged by white people. It's sung by white people. And it's just the same as my whole advocacy with disability is it's not even about trying to get more disabled people on TV or on the radio. It's about getting more writers behind the scenes, getting more directors right. and producers behind the scenes because they get it and they will, everyone can't help but sort of pull in people that are like them or see things through their own lens. And so, you know, once you start getting more people with disabilities arranging or people, I mean, I'm sorry, well, yeah, that. And as well, people who are in the sort of more urban centric side of things arranging, mm -hmm. you'll get more authentic arrangements and you'll get more authentic sounding, just sort of sounds. Yeah, because sometimes it ends up sounding kind of camp, right? Like it ends up being something that feels maybe unintentionally like you're making fun of the original source. It definitely feels disconnected. And, you know, acapella as I mean, I've been trying to keep up to date with everything that's coming out and some of the more popular things that are coming out. And, you know, I mean, all the sounds are kind of the same and sort of reused and not like expanded, especially when it comes to some of the hip hop and well-intentioned arrangements. And you know, you can't, you're in a bubble because you are who you are and you're used to a certain thing. So it's not fair for me to kind of wag my finger, but you kind of have to step outside of the box to even know that you're kind of using the same old sounds and that there is a cooler, hipper sound that would work perfectly with what you're trying to do. But another thing that you do need to consider though, and I don't, this is gonna, this might be a little controversial of a statement I'm saying, but- Go on. <laughs> acapella is very, it's a high, it's an upper class thing. It mm. is. It's already- it's like you go to college to fall in love with it in the first place. If you look at the list of colleges that have very successful acapella groups, or at least, you know, a thriving acapella scene, they're the better colleges. And then we all know that colleges have a certain ratio of certain types of people. And that's a huge barrier already. Something that might be interesting, though, would be for acapella groups or at least the acapella initiative to get more involved in just general community outreach and teaching kids how to arrange. Um, yes. teaching, yeah, teaching kids how to arrange or at least just having young community acapella groups. Because one thing I've learned is once you really 
get into acapella and feel those overtones of harmony, even as a kid, you just fall in love. And I don't know. Yeah, that's no, I think that's... that's no, I mean, an acapella is set up for that because you don't need instruments. You don't need much space. You don't need a lot. And there are so few of these programs out there and there should be more. And, you know, I see it when we go out to do education, it's in schools that even with, you know, national arts grants and state arts grants, it's in the schools that can afford it. It's where the schools have a strong PTA that can pump money into the system. You know, we so rarely get to go to schools that don't have access to that funding unless we fully donate our time, which we can do sometimes, but we can't do every day. Exactly. Like, you know, as just a person, right, you still have to live your own life and you can't spread yourself too thin. So that it does turn into more of a requesting for such initiatives type of situation. I, I hear that for sure. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to something you had said and ask, we know you offer your own arranging services. So I wonder if you uh, can share if people are interested in having you arrange for them, how they might be able to get in touch with you. Yeah. Uh, if you guys really want me to arrange for you and you want it tailored to yourself with you, you have eight people and you, you know, you want it specific towards you. I'm totally down. I love doing co-tour arrangements and you can definitely hit me up my email. You can hit up my management. It's funny because some people have hit up my management for me to arrange and they just kind of forward it. And so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Sometimes that's nice though. It feels good when you're like, please just take my calls. Hold my hold my calls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean all of my and then like all of my my information, right, is gonna be on something here. Yeah, we will link everything to your site. So everyone, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go to vocalherspective.org because that's where we'll have all of the links. Yay. What's coming up next? How, what can we look to uh, look forward to in the future for Lachi? So apart from this very fun arrangement of genius, which is coming out September 15 with me and Metzl, I'm going to be rapping. Apart from that, I do constantly put out songs. I constantly put out electronic dance music. I am an electronic dance music vocalist. So I team up with producers. We put out tracks constantly. I just put out a song called Fool Me, which you could find through Lush Records. I will actually be putting out a song called Duality. And it was basically inspired by the fact that I am blind and act like I'm sighted. I'm black and act like I'm white. I am a girl, but I got like some dude tendencies. That's really odd. I love that <laughs> concept. A, just a massive mix of contradictions. I, and so I put out a song called Duality and I'm actually dedicating that song to my manager who that I told you guys about who actually passed away from COVID just like a month or so ago. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, Trump. So I I think that's basically it. I mean, I have more releases after that. They just keep coming. I, I put out about two releases a month. So I am just constant with it. And so I hope you guys are able to check that out. I also have floating around somewhere in the other. I just have all sorts of what I'm calling black appella ar arrangements. They're all Lachi performed. So you'll have like anywhere from 10 to 16 Lachi voices Ooh. singing things like <laughs> singing things like Money by Cardi B or We've Got Old Town Road by Lil Nas X and things like that. I may get around to distro kidding it, but if you Google Lachi and acapella, you will find me. Yes, no <laughs> doubt. It is not hard. Before 
Before we go, I did want to touch on a little bit, you know, you actually write your own stuff too, and you've co-written with some some bigger names as well. How did you get into all of that? Because I know we have some budding songwriters out there that would love to know how you got there. Well, step one was I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I said, I ended up teaming up with this really great management agency, and they were specifically looking for songwriters like artist songwriters. And before I was able to really just walk, you know, you can't just walk up into a management agency if you're a budding songwriter. But what I had ended up doing was I, oh God, it's a really long story, but basically I just put a lot of songs out myself and I put a lot of songs out through EMI who had signed me while I was still working um, Mm -hmm. because I pretty much cold emailed them one day and said, come to my show. And they randomly showed up just like those old tales in the (laughs) nineties. And, but from there I signed up with big management and big management had a lot of ties to certain DJs like Marcus Schultz, Armin Van Buren, stuff like that. So I ended up getting the opportunity to work with them, collaborate with them and put some songs out through their platform and and gain a lot of their followers, Mm -hmm. which sort of whirlwinded into me getting followers myself. But one thing that I will advise is that it's really, really good to stay true to yourself and who you are. I know that when I started writing, I was like, let me write alt rock or something. And then I was like, well, that's not working. I was like, let me go like, because everybody was like, oh, you play the keyboard. You're like Alicia Keys. So I said, let me start writing, you know, gospel-esque R&B. And that just wasn't my me either. So I just started writing songs that made me feel, that made me feel. And I think that that really resonated with people. And that's why things started to really take off. I mean, it does go back to exactly what you were saying before in terms of sort of, in terms of doing music that isn't really your own, whether it's messages, or artists that you can't connect with. This is just another extension of that, it sounds like to me. Yes, because at the end of the day, you have to be yourself. Because you have to kind of be able to look back on what you did and own it and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm happy that I did that. I That was my choice and I stand behind it. And if you can't really fully say that, if you have someone else to blame for what you did, then you're just going to, it's a combination of regret or a combination of just really wishing it would disappear and you'd never have to see it again. And you don't want that. You don't want that weighing on your on you, especially how hard songwriters have to work to be their own publicist and their own social media guru and their own this and your own manager and your own booking agent. There's so much you have to put on yourself already. Mm -hmm. So you may just take away the part where you're also not being yourself yeah. so that you don't have to juggle all that and you can just be you. Like I do know that I'm very active on social media. And so if I am not myself, everyone will tell me I'm not. So I have time (laughs) to deal with feeling bad about that. I so we know when, when you've been, been kidnapped. kidnapped. We can yes, see it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like when I've been brainwashed and it's like, who are you? What have you done with Lachi? But if you say something that you're, that's like, let's say, here's a good example. I know we got to go. But if you say something that's controversial or you do something that's controversial, or you do a work of art that's like, you're behind it, but you know it's going to ruffle feathers, but you stand behind it, put it out. Because if you if you try to ruffle feathers with something that's not you, you will regret it. But if you ruffle feathers with something that is you, then no one can people can come at you with pans, bats, all sorts of names, and you will be the victor. Yes. Oh my it. gosh. That's a mic drop for this episode. So 
Thank you so much for coming on. We are thrilled to have you on. We have been thrilled to watch your progression. Uh, We've been following you since we found out about you through Mezzo. And I think we have yet to see so much more from you. So we appreciate you taking the time. We wish you good luck. We hope we see some nominations with your name on them soon. And everyone go and check out. We will have all kinds of links. Don't miss this artist. You will regret it if you don't check out her work. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.